welcome back to Black Oak House Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the second episode of Foundation. I gave in. I was curious. And because all of the podcasts on it cover both the first and second episodes, so I said, fuck it, dive it in so that I can listen to them and get a better understanding of said show before I hop to episode three, which I will do tomorrow. So Preparing to Live was written by Josh Friedman and David Goyer, directed by Andrew Bernstein. Wait a minute. He does the center as well. I just happened to just record that episode, so that name's fresh in my mind. I gave this episode a 9.2 out of 10. I'm still playing catch-up. I think that's expected of this world that they are building and I'm trying to get to know these characters and what motivates them. So while it was a very beautifully shot, I mean the cinematography is a 10 out of 10 for both episodes, I'm still taking a lot of notes trying to figure out (laughs) what exactly is going on and I took a lot of notes in this episode. So a facility is attacked and everyone is murdered by soldiers of the Empire. Demrazel is there. She finds the scientists who sold the bombs and that's why the facility was attacked or manufactured them in her illegal operation. She does offer to preserve her life if she gives up who she sold the bombs to. Her next scene, I'm guessing she did not because Demrazel tells the Empire well, Little Empire and Day. <laughs> I always want to call him Little Empire because that little boy is so cute and I just want to hold him all the time. But she tells of their failure to locate who set up the bombing of the Star Bridge. Things I didn't notice episode one. Gail since the attack before it happened when I rewatched it. And Harry, now I'm convinced Harry may have had something to do with it. Especially, by the way, the two sides very persistently uh, stated they didn't have anything to do with it and they couldn't find any proof So um, that this happened to go. I think that Harry, and then we can go, I'm going to be jumping all over the place again, but I think that Harry definitely wanted to die or expected to die during his trial. And you can live with yourself once you do some shitty stuff for the greater good. If you, I mean, and I'm not even sure what would even be the greater good in this. So it's, it's really wild speculation at this point. But I feel like the show wants me to be thinking, did Harry have something to do with this? Definitely rage. <laughs> that jacket he be wearing just makes me feel as if he would be meeting in some shady places sacrificing some martyrs especially if the martyr himself intended to martyr himself that day or be martyred speaking of day he is concerned about the 127,000 souls still orbiting the space station and coming into the atmosphere on fire as this is a reminder of their failure and i'm thinking does he care about his people the way in which he talked about them previously or maybe is that the outer planets Like those people are beneath me, but he literally has everyone else beneath him. So is it more about the status of the legacy 
of preserving peace and not so much about the actual people that they're supposed to be protecting i couldn't tell with him i can never tell with him he demands results though dust is older he knows they need certainty as to not blame the wrong people and create a other a whole other generation of descendants but apparently he'd been reading his own history books and not <laughs> other history books hence the foundation or encyclopedias is that what they're called after dust leaves he considers blaming they considers blaming harry's followers rather they be innocent or not which is some dangerous territory deciding that you're going to make people believe that this is the truth especially if i spread it on every news station but demrazel cautions making martyrs once again that word is brought up if you're willing to die and you do die for something you believe in so concretely it's more powerful than if you're you know believed to a certain extent but then exiled right it leaves a lot of open room for your theory to be contested and it also doesn't add as much weight to the the theory itself and i think that he doesn't want people as later on discuss no harry he wants them to know dr sheldon but empire is annoyed and doesn't want to be told several times by much leveler heads to maybe be a little cautious with the stick it's a challenge to his authority and i think it's his pride the fact that this would occur during his reign there's a lot of just subtle things that keep going on that i feel like i can talk on and on and on about but it gets you very distracted during an episode i will say that much gail still counts primes in her sleep and swims it's nice to have a swimming pool in whatever ship that they're on she's also struck up a romantic tryst with Raish. knew that was coming even if it does feel just a touch sudden but they're young and lord knows we don't always have more than a conversation before some people are fucking <laughs> let's pretend like netflix and chill isn't an actual date sometimes but the relationship is secret though is it her or i guess later on it's him who wants to keep it more secret than her but she was the one that ripped her hand from his when they were spotted in the hallway i think they make a really cute couple gail is very intent on learning every position before reaching terminus that can be worked as a position on terminus which will be in 54 months now there has been a few months since or at least some weeks since they left trantor i'm gonna say months on the ship and then i feel the jump in time is where i have to get my bearings more maybe i'll get used to it as the season goes on but it is a different way of telling the story for certain there's the way in which westworld play it played it where it was you know happening but you didn't know it was happening until it till it cemented itself as a past timeline where in this we know that we're jumping around in time it's just sometimes you forget in each set piece when that time is 
So it is helpful that they put it up on the screen and they put it in the dialogue. But it still is um, a lot of work. <laughs> and I'm not saying I don't want to work when I'm watching television. Because sometimes thinking very deeply about a show is an incredible thing. And I think that's one of the, the pluses of this show. But it can also, if you're someone who's not accustomed to working in their entertainment, may feel overwhelmed. And even moments with me, I felt slightly, um, not lost, but disjointed emotionally because I'm still processing. But as I stated earlier, it's a different pace. It's not a bad thing. It's just something I'm still acclimating to. In a simulation, they attempt to blast through some rock that causes a leak of radiation. But before Abyss can patch it they are attacked by the bishop's claw which we heard about in the last episode and i didn't realize that was an animal that looks terrifying but these are the complications of survival on terminus harry calls gail to speak with her in the apple orchard he tells of the robot wars and how the empire has an orchard older than said wars where they used to hang people that were sympathizers I'm wondering if the original Cleon was a sympathizer because he remarks that there are always sympathizers when Gail inquires. They go over the success and failure of the Sims and why the lava tubes are important. There's a mortality rate, but those numbers at least are trending down. And they're speaking to each other about this future that they're creating together. And I appreciated their dynamic. Like with Raish, despite it being a very quick friendship, it's so organic that I can just buy into it. And while the piece of apple he gives her is bitter, he does remark it is alive. Any symbolism? anyone wants to draw from this the fruit of my knowledge i'm sure we can go into adam and eve in the garden <laughs> much more uh biblical minds may be able to decipher more from the scene but those things did come to said mine i'm just not sure still how the pieces fit together and i like that analogy that was brought up a little bit later because i think it till we get to some of these big mysteries the the puzzle is going to look like it's got missing pieces and maybe it's going to give us a different picture altogether someone greets him as harry which is disconcerting to him gail says isn't it important to know the man behind the math nope even i know that is counterproductive to what he plans to uphold millennia down the road it isn't going to be who Harry was, but what he represented. You don't actually know a God on a personal level. Otherwise, you start picking apart his flaws. He becomes flawed. Thus, his um, work then is tainted. He sends her in his place to a conference of the Foundation budget. Trying to separate himself from actually being involved in the Foundation? Question mark what i have in my notes and i'm just gonna put this out here now because i'm probably gonna forget 
even though I, I'm pretty sure I thoroughly wrote down everything. But I think that Harry became more and more concerned about his actual physical person being on this ship. I don't think he intended on being on that ship. I'm not sure if he intended on Gale being on that ship. But now Gale has become an extension of him. And thus, is that why she had to go in the end? Or is it really because maybe she could have been fine, but it was going to be Rache who was going to be... Like he was planning on sacrificing himself. And of course, people are going to want to know... Like, he, the god must die. He can't ask Gale to kill him. So, of course, he asked Raish to do so. And then Raish probably was going to give up his own life for the crime. But then the complication became Gale, as both of them probably stayed way longer than they should have because of her. This is all my thoughts going in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> from the conversations that we got I do think that Raish knew exactly what he was going to do I think that Harry told him it's time and he didn't want to believe it but that's what caused that outburst let me just keep going on and we'll get there despite what Harry says Gail indicates math is not just numbers Day interrogates the delegates from Anacron Anacreon is that the right pronunciation and thespis both firmly denying their governments were behind the attacks they keep saying it doesn't make sense why would they say the prayers in our name they both seem rather appalled too by what has happened and even Jarrell agrees who won't really be a player in this season according to the cast list uh my friend told me she's like why do you always pick the weirdest dudes to think is cute i'm like he's not weird but yeah, okay, so he's not a 10. <laughs> I don't know what it is with my taste in men, but apparently it's selectively not everyone else's. I didn't know because it wasn't on uh, Wikipedia that Tania Miller was in this bitch. I love her. She was in Years and Years. She's in that Netflix show <laughs> that I can't remember the name of. From last podcast I did, and then, or now she's in this. Shrouding seems rather cruel, but that is the Empire, as he explains that someone is going to hang for this, and he would like it to be the guilty one. Both Dawn and Dimrazel see the tyrant on the wall, which is curious, because Dawn is seeing what he both admires, but he's also seeing another part of that man he may not have really seen, but that's the man that he himself is going to become. As Day then wonders, where is Brother Dusk? Brother Dusk is painting the Mirio, which I didn't bring up last episode, Moose, and it's beginning to falter. How does one get in touch with their mortality when they are essentially reborn time and time again? And I'm wondering if things are feeling heavier on him because of his age, experience, and really starting to come to that moment in which you are getting more in touch with your mortality and your morality, wondering you know well maybe just maybe 
uh, we have some regrets because that's usually what happens. It's not even that you want to change your whole entire life, but you look at what could be done or you're just wiser, right? So Gail gets pregnant. Y'all, she got pregnant, but her zygote is frozen, though she doesn't seem to tell Rach. I was like, oh my God, is Salda really the kid then? I was trying to pretend like black don't mean they all related, but... The doctor tells her of another woman who is pregnant but hasn't come in to freeze her zygote and wonders if she should tell Harry or if telling her is enough. And that is that moment where, going back to my old thought process from a few seconds ago, <laughs> old, um, she herself is being seen as Harry's acolyte or the next in charge, right? She's given as much information and much reverence when people see her as they do Harry. So that's interesting, especially for one so young. It seems strange, except she's the only other person proven in the galaxy to understand the equation. So of course, she would then be placed right next to the God as Jesus Christ. Yes, I know the biblical references They're They're there. They're there to be gobbled up. She goes to speak with the engineer and explains that an embryo in the seed bank is due to the ship not being designed for pregnancy. Uh, the engineer, Laurie, makes an impassioned speech about how this mission isn't for them to live, but for some of them to live, and that the math means more of us will die than make it on the most horrid place to try to survive, but it's the plan, and we believe in the plan. But I need this hope in my belly of a future. And you get that math versus emotion moment for Gail, who understands completely and even later on, despite knowing that she's pregnant, passes her that wine. Dust has turned rebellious, doubting he was missed in the throne room and taking an accompanied trip with Demrazel to the destruction wrought by the attack. And I think this is another moment to show that he's pondering. He's taking in this tragedy in a way where Dust feels anger, or not Dust, Day feels anger, feels incompetent, feels threatened, feels what Dawn states earlier is his true emotion maybe, which is fear. And then they have this legacy that they're preserving but I do feel that they kind of want to make their mark on said legacy. But if you're just the clone of somebody, you're pretty much just teaching yourself the same lessons and there's no sign of growth. You're stagnant as, you know, Harry said, like, this is not natural. This, th <laughs> there should be a change of power, a new persona brought in just because it worked the first time doesn't gonna mean it's gonna work all 12 15 million uh repeats of the exact same cycle because other factors are gonna be brought into it he goes to speak with the seer 
as Gail spoke with him and he was at the trial. He claims curiosity but explains some of the religion that the sleeper sees them and communicates with them. They dream the future for what good would uh would it be to guide the past is what he tells him which is curious and now i want to know what the hell the seer has to do because then he's like oh you think that she is an actual seer that she predicted the future like she's got some power but the funny thing is we all know that she kind of does she's not able to predict anything but she can sense it and considering that she can also see predictive math that's rather coincidental then we have that moment where she woke up during the jump these are all things i'm sure are discussed and were told to the empire dusk is pulled away due to crumbling structures and demrazel is hit by debris confirming she's a robot of course arrogance would find this asset useful after apparently genociding her people <laughs> so i'm kind of like uh is it a good idea to keep a artificial intelligence on the payroll but then again um this loneliness which i feel is going to be a theme this season seems to be a trend between some of these bigger players we had loneliness mentioned with gail we have the loneliness of demrazel and how she's the only one of her kind left on the planet earth and she is responsible for an empire <laughs> that um essentially i would think destroyed her kind harry is a man tortured by the never-ending variables and feels intensely alone in that moment in his office hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping gail loves sitting in the dark at the bottom of a pool just counting primes uh he tells her when he when she finally resurfaces he remarks that she sits in the dark as an indication of shame and she has nothing to be ashamed about he admits when he met her he told ray she exceeds his expectations and that the last few months have been a gift and he never expected he would be among the ship's occupants and maybe this new reality is shifting his math as you could hear some resentment to the man several times in very passing conversations she asks what changed and he just smiles and looks at her she of course is no fool and knows immediately in the next scene going to Raish that our relationship has been discovered he knows all about it but Raish does not want to talk about it and he doesn't want it to be more than just a secret i think it's because it's just his and i think whatever he and harry had planned it was supposed to go one way and they had to improvise another way and gail was not supposed to be the collateral damage but she ended up being the collateral damage to both men who ended up growing to love her in a sense because she's kind of like a daughter to him especially if 
she is porking his son. <laughs> she then tells him that the math is not complete, rakes in the hallway, and though he's not wrong, there's enough missing pieces of the puzzle to possibly make another puzzle. This seems to alarm Raish. I think he also worries if she would tell anyone else this information. Or at least I wonder that. Because he definitely felt like he didn't want to confront this moment. And I'm not sure if he knew about it or if he didn't. But he doesn't understand the math, so of course... Harry probably never allowed for any uncertainty because if there's any doubt, then it spirals, right? The whole thing falls apart. Gail makes an impression in the meeting, both favorable and contentious over the matter of counting and its diversity factor in the foundation because history is always told from a certain perspective and it comes with certain customs how the romans used to count versus how we count today look at how england measures their metric system versus how america does or spain difference in money what's the currency going to be you need to unify a whole entire civilization into the most prominent thing in civilization but you also have to hope that it is an important piece of information for the foundation to be protecting and that's her purpose to understand everything is being done with a bias and there will need to be compromise some seem to be here and around but another few especially the guy with the what's his name Lemire or something he just kind of looks like uh oh my god what's his name from star trek discovery you'll you'll put it together in your head race is called away during the meeting Dawn watches Demerzel repair herself, and this is interesting because she's such a motherly, nurturing figure in the Empire's life span. Her relationship with the younger, definitely, you can tell, is more hands-on what he needs and his moments that he needs them, the emotional support. But she tells him when he asks why is there no more of your kind you know she's like no they didn't just get go away your kind wiped them out and there is a difference though she does places her hand on his back as if to indicate she doesn't blame him for his kind she also admits she can commit to one reality but not to several the one in which she is human but she's been forced into that reality so is she content on what has occurred my guess is that she would have to be because in a way you can't help but watch these children being born and then you're mentoring them and you're watching the cycle again and again and again there has to be an attachment there unless you know she is ai but for all that we are moving into ai it seems as if the human emotional attachment can um persevere into ai intelligence day finds dust who thinks he's avoiding him as we see the relationship between the two men because he's staring at his clone sake and it's becoming slightly strange seeing as one peer at the future and watch the past unfold in the same person 
He tells him he should have went to see his people, but he was worried about the bodies. They both want to feel like individual people, but they are built from one man's vision and they're always measuring up, right? Dust worries about the prophecy and remarks, while he doesn't have the authority of empire, he has a right to speak with the delegates. Both of the delegates hold true to not being involved, while Dust remarks how the dust of the many dead souls are in his lungs now. Millions are pretty much gone, and while they should let them go, they won't, despite their probable innocence. They are enemies is what they don't see because they've hated each other for so long that this retaliation against both of them may make them allies against said empire. Or worse, they go back to their people and their people are now rebelling against the empire. So you're creating or uh, speeding up the prophecy with your own damn actions. But... To be fair, just to play devil's advocate, it's not as if the people who are feeling the weight of that attack are going to care. Like, they're going to expect their government, like 9-11, right? You're going to expect your government to go out there, find the bad guys, and you want them brought to account. It's not even just with a big old attack, not 9-11 or the Boston bomber. It is our idea of justice when something is so wrong we need to have the person held accountable especially if it's all over the news brought to justice and the longer that doesn't occur the more people lose faith in the empire why are we you know living our lives we're sacrificing underground at the thought that at least you could protect us if you can't even do that then that's how you you can't feed the people or protect the people or the people gonna riot so they are seen as or they is seeing this as no response to this attack no one being found guilty is only making him look worse and the worst could happen except he's thinking about it in immediate terms and not necessarily in a 3d picture which dusk is trying to give him that 3d picture but it's it's not within him i don't think because of how much he's been influenced by his own past decisions as the, the clone man <laughs> i'll find a new word for it don day and demerzel watch the old man and know he is or realize he is declining harry goes to get a shirt with an ink stain on it and i think this is his favorite shirt you wouldn't find that shirt for that day if you didn't want like this is what I'm going to die in. Another indication that this was not something unplanned. But by everyone's reaction, there's this reverence, as I spoke of earlier. And people are requiring assurance that everything they do is the plan. The plan is, in a sense, a prayer. And he is a god. But despite his outward appearance of confidence, it's unsettling. He picked everyone on the manifest, he states, and he shakes everyone's hand making them feel as if uh what they're doing like it means something but how long they said again the person who knows all the math that knows the variables that talks through numbers and less emotion uh, and the sacrifice 
Because if they're going to have to sacrifice and the person that's with them isn't sacrificing, whispers and things can happen. Gale finds Ray should supper and he mentions Harry wanted him to prepare a sim for spacewalk. But it's clear he's upset. Harry joins them and there's tension. Twice around Raish, the words he is not perfect has been stated. Raish himself stated it later on. You have Harry recounting the first meals he had with his son, though they tell separate accounts of his father, who drank only after Raish came to live with him, and that he stole to get his father medicine, and that his father didn't take what he stole from him for alcohol as harry had stated it either that's the real story or the romanticized one i'm not sure gail goes to find Rach later on and talks of children and their new home on terminus and that she regrets telling him well first she says i regret telling you about those missing pieces in harry's equation as he won't answer what is going on between him and harry he uh says like well, it happens every once in a while we did notice harry take a pill we never saw him take one before and that's the same little amulet that he put down when gail came or when he came in and said gail is on her way what does that mean i need answers damn it <laughs> but if you were to kill yourself with a pill like it, it could be that he was sick but i don't see any indication of that I would have saw him popping more pills in the first episode unless I missed it. Or maybe that was the only indication of him just putting that down. But I don't know. I don't feel like he was sick. I just feel like he was, he realized he needed to die and he expected to die. And he probably feels he should die. Especially if he blew up that star bridge and just killed all those millions of people to set in motion certain events. But whatever the case, um, I still don't know why he would take the pill if it was poison. Just to have him be shanked by some big ass scissors. I don't even know what that was, a knife. <laughs> then she and Rach make love. He's like, with you, I want everything. So don't worry about the kids thing, boo. Just because you didn't tell me about that zygote. Don't mean I wouldn't love that zygote. This whole time, though, Rach is very clearly distressed. He really loves uh, her. He knows something's going on. He's got tear balls in his eyes. <laughs> he knew this was the last time that they was going to be together in this way. Or that she would see him in this way. I'm not sure. I, don't th I really don't think that he expected her to be pulled into this. I think that he expected her possibly to be okay after this whatever happened. The Empire must decide what to do. All three men meet with Dust thinking they can show with some mercy. But Day reminds him he was all for the stick with Harry Sheldon. Which he then says, look, I recall that shit. But that was before the Starbridge. Day assures Dawn when he says that he's afraid through his tears that they should show strength in the face of fear. The line comes back, how often do you choose this? You always do. I don't think Demerzel was talking about Day, Dawn, and Dusk. I think, or, er, yeah, Day, Dawn, and Dusk. I think she was talking about men. 
Every time we're fucking afraid, we always got to do something crazy. <laughs> and in this case, he did something great. Like, he took retaliation on a whole nother level. And yeah, like, yes, the people were clapping and applauding that, but I'm sure other people weren't all being like, yeah, that's exactly what we need to happen. <laughs> no! It's built on a lie, too. So it's not even like you're bringing the people to justice. And when that's found out, you're just creating an even bigger problem for yourself. Um, the Empire itself chooses not to turn the other cheek, but decides to not only kill millions on both worlds. And I really felt bad for those delegates. They started praying. The one girl didn't even want to look and he forced her to watch her world be destroyed like our home world be attacked on such a visceral level and then knowing that you're innocent and then he hangs the rest of the delegates himself tossing them off buildings like oh no oh no oh no <laughs> they are applauding a false perpetrator and that's never good to keep out there in the universe it's really not Gail says tradition is comforting and that she used to pray to her parents, but now she prays in a different language. Is that her counting? While swimming, she senses something is wrong. Definitely wasn't supposed to show up, maybe, as Harry is mortally wounded by Raish. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Yeah, mind me. So of course he goes back to my earlier questions was that whole fight misconstrued or construed for everyone else to make it seem as if the two weren't getting along or maybe there was some bad blood between them she doesn't know what's up rushing to harry but he tells her she has to go he grabs her they are seen by someone the the blonde guy didn't like her anyway then he rushes past them he's got blood on him so either he was cradled either two things can happen he can say that she stabbed harry because the alarm goes off saying that harry sheldon is wounded <laughs> that reminded me of the good place someone that mur has murdered janet <laughs> janet has been murdered no she says i have been murdered i have been murdered i have been murdered <laughs> He rushes her into a pod of breathable fluid. He tells her, don't panic. You're going to be okay. He tosses in the knife with her. That's where it made me think, holy shit, is he going to blame her for this? And then be like, I was there and, you know, I cradled him. Or is he going to say they did? I don't know. I don't know. And he tells her to counter primes. He apologizes and says he loves her, but sends her ass out in space such a lonely day and it's mine the most loneliest day of my life the cliffhanger really had me thrown really really had me thrown i thought we was following gail she's in liquid floating through space how long can she live out there i have no idea i don't know anything about this world and its technologies i mean clearly it's advanced but What's going to happen to her? And it feels as if now, going back to the first episode, that she doesn't learn about shit until years later. So how is she going to be in the first season? I don't get it. Are we going to have a flash forward? 
highly curious. It's a good thing I only have to wait until tomorrow to watch that episode. <laughs> so if you want to send feedback for our next one, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>